Get out of here with them weak weak ass shoes, yo. What's going on, guys? We're back with another episode of Balls Deep with Devin and Jovan. I'm Jovan, obviously. Um, I'm joined by my co-host, Devin. Um, today, we're here to talk about some uh, NBA playoff basketball. We got some pretty good series going on um, so far. I mean, even even the ones that aren't close uh, game-wise have been uh, pretty close um, in terms of score-wise, game-by-game. Um, so we've been getting some pretty good NBA playoffs. Um, me and Devin were kind of just chatting about it. And I mean, even even some of our predictions have been a little off due to the fact that you know <laughs> these series are a lot a lot closer. Some of these series are a lot closer than we anticipated. But um, I mean, I can't complain about that. We love seeing some competitive playoff basketball rather than you know um, kind of seeing shitty results. So before we jump into it, as always, uh, you know, like. Follow, subscribe, um, show some love, leave us some comments. Um, so that's always appreciated. But now to get into it, uh, jump right into it, some NBA basketball. Uh, first, we'll talk about uh, Milwaukee and Miami just because they finished the series faster than anybody else. Uh, obviously, Milwaukee came out and did what they had to do, uh, swept and swept the Miami Heat, looked like a completely different series than what we saw in the bubble last year um but yeah i mean milwaukee just looked like a really good team what do you think about that series Devin? uh i picked the heat to win so <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm a, i'm actually happy for the matchup that we're gonna get in the second round due to the fact that milwaukee handled their business uh Giannis, he said they didn't want to play with their food and you could tell they didn't want to take any chances of, you know, taking their foot off the gas pedal, uh, which is good. However, I am worried about Giannis and his damn free throws. Yes, they swept the heat, but he's getting so many free throw opportunities, which is good when you yeah. make it. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, he hasn't been making them, and I think against who they're going to play against, I'll just say it, but because since we're going to talk about it next, but you're playing the Nets. They're going to put up, they're going to put up as much points as you possibly can. You have to defend them to, you know, obviously uh, prevent them from scoring as 140 points a game, but you also got to keep up with them as well. They, they lost DiVincenzo for the rest of the playoffs, so that's going to hurt them, but I'm, they're looking good. And you can tell Drew Holiday is truly making a difference. Uh, hopefully Chris Middleton doesn't go MIA because he looked really good against the Heat. But I think it's also this this series also says a lot about the Heat. And they're going to have to blow blow it up this offseason. I feel like part, like part of it is because both the Lakers and the Heat have underperformed this season. Due to injuries, um, could be because they have they both had like the shortened the most or the shortest off season, 
uh, amongst any teams due to being like in the bubble and playing last. But you can really tell it really hurt the Heat more. Maybe because they had they've had less star power, you can say. But they just got manhandled. Like at game one was super close and competitive. I thought we were gonna have ourselves a series, and then after that. Milwaukee was just in their bag. They, they wasn't letting up. Yeah, nah. I mean, it was. It's tough. I mean, I definitely think. I mean, especially as we kind of see how the Lakers series is progressing, and not that the Suns aren't a good team, and not to use them as an excuse, but I mean, legit. I mean, there's definitely some fatigue there. You can see it. Um, obviously, the injuries more than likely have to do with the quick turnaround. Uh, basically never having stopped playing basketball because uh, when you basically, you know, finish the season and we're champions, and for the Miami Heat, obviously finished the season and weren't champions, I mean, maybe you had, I don't know how long you had off, but it probably wasn't much longer before you had to start hitting the gym again and getting prepared for the season. That was just in another few months. So, um, and with the Heat, with the uh, Heat they, they had more players from the bubble carry over to the season, whereas the Lakers 100%. obviously kind of there there weren't as many players that were on that championship roster that, yes. that are on this year 100 percent, and that's kind of, and that's where i agree where it kind of it definitely probably affected the heat a lot more than it did the lakers due to the fact that you know i mean one they didn't they never really had as much depth as the lakers did i mean it only it looked that way in the bubble um because a lot of players were outperforming themselves i mean let's be honest a lot of players were um but so it looked that way, but at the same time, they really never did have that depth. Um, it, it looks like a few of their players never really got better over the offseason, which, again, that's understandable. A lot of people uh, were saying that they didn't think Tyler Hero got any better. I was going to say, why are you throwing shots at Tyler Hero? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'll come out and say his name, but, I mean, to be fair, how much time did he actually have to go out and work on his game like usual? I mean, how much time How much time from last, from, from last season – in the bubble to this season, did he actually have to go out and work on his game? Do you I mean, think they, re- do you think they regret not trading for James Harden? Um, definitely at this point you do, but at, I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, it is what it is. They lost the series because um, we talked about that before in our yeah, NBA special I, at the end of season one about the the he possibly trading for James Harden and will he would he be a fit? And yeah. He definitely he, would be. There was concerns that he wouldn't be a fit, but I think they would have had a better chance this season should they have traded for him. Uh, because I mean, Duncan Robinson's a free agent this season, or this off season. Who's to say that he stays? And if he doesn't stay, then it's even more. Crit- it's going to be even more critical that they didn't pull the trigger. And and the, Tyler Hero obviously was the reason why they didn't pull the trigger because they they didn't want to get rid of him, which makes sense because he fits their culture and he the what he showed in, in uh, his rookie season was really well. But what I mentioned back back in the the NBA special was you know you're trading away shooting to get shooting, so you're trading two shooters in a sense to get a shooter in James Harden that's one of the best shooters of all time. Like, he's a, yeah. he can create his own shot. And you can tell in this series alone that they truly needed someone else outside of Jimmy on the perimeter, obviously, to create their own shot and uh, 
create offense for the team in itself. And they had they had uh, acquired Victor Oladipo at the trade deadline, but he was unavailable come playoff time. And you could tell that they could have used someone of Victor Oladipo's caliber, if not better. Not sure how much of a difference he would have made in terms of the outcome of the series, but I feel like they would have looked more impressive outside of you know the game one performance. Should they have had uh, a Victor Oladipo or a James Harden? No, I completely agree. And again, like I said, I mean, I'm saying it's twenty twenty, but at the same time, if it were me, I'm pulling the trigger. It's James Harden. I'm pulling the trigger regardless. Um, I'm pulling that trigger. So I, if I'm Miami Heat. I would have already had James Harden. I wouldn't have this issue. Um, however, I mean, I, I'll give them them as well as Tyler Hero the benefit of the doubt because, like I already said, I mean, there was such a quick turnaround. Everybody's so quick to say, like, oh, you know, like, it's a bubble. It was all because of the bubble. They're, like, a bubble team. But, like, people don't understand, like, dude, like, that's the quickest turnaround we've ever, we've ever seen in a league year. And this guy basically... But these guys were basically doing it in, in their first couple of years, yeah. having to, you know, come on turn. I mean, give this kid a ben- the benefit of the doubt. Am I going to say that, you know, everything he did was just because of the bubble? No. Am I going to say that he still has potential to be an all-time great or something? No, because he, he kind of showed glimpses of, like, a very good potential in the bubble. Um, am I going to go off and base, base off that and say that he could be, like, the greatest ever? No, but... I mean, he has potential to do some great things, and that's probably what the Heat saw. Um, and uh, who am I to say that that still can't happen? I just think to to say that it was just because of the bubble was a bit unfair. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the guys are probably fucking exhausted. He, he, <laughs> you know he'll bounce I mean? back for sure next year. Uh, you can you can yeah. call it what it is. It's a sophomore slump, um, but yeah. it's uh, there's a lot contributing to it. He's still showing flashes of what we've seen last year. This year, he just wasn't yeah. as consistent as as he was. So, give him a true off season to obviously improve his game. Uh, he's clearly seen the downs and the weaknesses or the holes in in his game. So let let the guy you know patch those and see how he bounces back. Should he not bounce back, 100%. then he, the I don't know what the Heat do, but he just wasn't the player that they they were hoping for. But I, I truly believe in him. I, I, he's he's super talented. He's no, so I, he, I and I really like him as a player. So I, I really hope that he, you know, gets it together. Well, a hundred percent. We've seen, like you said, we've seen glimpses of it. And when we seen that he had his, when we seen his confidence at all time high, and he's playing well. I mean, he's lights out. So it's not like that just goes away overnight. Yeah. So there's got to be reason for it. You know what I mean? It doesn't just happen that way. Um, uh, but with that being said, uh, we will go on to the other series that f- the only other series that finished uh, in these playoffs, which is also the East, and also just so happens to be Milwaukee's next opponent uh, due to where they fall on this NBA playoffs bracket. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets ended up finishing off the the Boston Celtics four um, one. Uh, there was a little bit of drama in Boston. Towards the end of that series, uh, we we saw all the stories going on with the fans, and then old Celtics players chiming in about Kyrie stepping on the logo. Um, but yeah, I mean, what did you think of that series overall? Basket and 
basketball. Well, I mean, we'll, just strictly no, basketball. We'll, strictly basketball. What we'll you we'll think talk. About, that? We'll talk about can, both. But because I, I think yeah, I have, I think I have more to talk about. I want to hear your basketball take first, and then and then we'll go on to what we thought about the whole situation yeah. um, with the fan, and then KG and obviously Big Baby Davis speaking out about it so as well. I'll just keep it simple in terms of my basketball take. It surprised me that the Celtics stole a game. I, I, I had it as a sweep, and I'm surprised the Celtics were even in that game to begin with, but what can you say? Tate, t- Jason Tatum. Those are just the, that's it. I mean, he in order for them to even have had a chance in that series, dude was gonna have to drop fifty plus every single game. That game he happened to score at least fifty, and they pulled off a victory. So um, there, there's that. I mean, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough because I was surprised. I was surprised that they even won a game. Honestly, they, the fact that they stole one. Uh, Kemba underperformed. Uh, Celtics fans are out for his head. I ho- as a Kemba fan, I hope he gets the fuck out of there. Uh, they're just, you know, unappreciative of the talent that they ever have. Just look at Isaiah Thomas. Um, whether that be you know, you know, the organization or the fans, they're just ungrateful. Um, fuck Boston. <laughs> uh, but also. They just don't seem like they know what they're doing, and you know, free Jason Tatum come to LA because <laughs> everyone outside of you know Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Robert Williams should be honestly questioning whether they have a job at this point. Um, Brad Stevens' head is on you know, or his he's on the hot seat as well. No one knows if he's going to come back next year. I think he should, uh, just because there's not many other coaches on the market at the moment that, that honestly I think would do a good job. Also, there's just a lot of problems with that team in itself. I think I mentioned it before. I, I think Danny Ainge is more at fault for their performance this season. And if anyone's got to go, it should be him. But, you know, the coaches always get the, the you know, the shit under the stick and they get, you know, they're the cop out. But, in terms of the Nets, they looked really good. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I I told my Celtics fans, because Kyrie came out and said that he hopes, you know, there's not no subtle racist or subtle racism. And he was like, uh, well, you know, Marquise. Marquise, he was saying, um, they're, they're going to boo you because you're a bozo. They're not going to boo you because they're racist. And I'm like, nah, Boston is pretty racist. They they're known to say some racist shit to uh, opposing athletes and things of that nature, and he was like, "Well, I know part of Boston is racist, but you know, uh, not everybody." And I was like, "Nah, all Boston fans is racist." <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know, what I mean, what I mean, all I mean, I mean like yeah. a good majority, so, and obviously not all. But I sent him articles of proof of like you know Tory Hunter, for example. Uh, in baseball, he talked about how he had a no trade clause to Boston and Boston only his entire career, because he was every time he went there, there was you know uh, r- racial slurs being thrown at him. As of, in terms of baseball, as of late, you know Adam Jones recently talked about how people called him the N word when he when he visited Boston uh, to to play the Red Sox and things of that nature, and it carried it carried over. You could definitely tell. Um, 
I'm glad everything, you know, wasn't... I, from what I know, there was no racist comments mentioned, but they did boo the shit out of Kyrie. And Kyrie, the only way he could retaliate to get every single one of them was to step on the logo. It, it obviously hurt their feelings. The, <laughs> should it have meant as much as it did? No. But he he did what he what he wanted, and that's to kind of trigger them. Does that does yeah. that justify throwing a water bottle at him? Absolutely throwing not. Anything acting a and, fool. And no. I'm and I'm no, no, and no. I'm glad. I'm glad the fan got arrested, and now he's being charged with assault and and stuff like that. And this is the only way that you know these fans don't feel protected in a sense. They feel like they're untouchable. So either we're going to get a Malice in the Palace Part 2 with the way they've been acting, which I, I'm up for it, as long as I'm not in the stands and I'm not trying to get punched accidentally. <laughs> but I, I think if the fan, if the the league is not allowing the, the players to you know go retaliate, this is the best way to do it. I think banning them from their arena in itself isn't enough. So maybe banning them from all games and possibly you know getting charges put against you is the perfect way for these fans to stop because we could talk about it and you know we're gonna talk about the series later but just look at what happened in Atlanta when the fan spit at Trey Young you're a fucking a despicable human being to spit on somebody yeah especially when he's it's it's basketball bro it's not even like it's it's something you know where you're beefing, literally, like let's say we're beefing, and you say some some shit, and then I like I were to spit at you, even I would never, but because I feel like that's the lowest of the lows. But it's not like it's that kind of situation. Dude is playing basketball, and he's obviously talking his shit, and you don't like him, so you, you spit at him. Doesn't doesn't make any sense. If I, if I was Trey Young, obviously I don't think he realized it, but I fifty cent it because he spit on the dude who spit it. At Trey Young spit on his girl in a sense. Landed on his girl. If I was 50 Cent, I would have got up and punched the shit out of him my damn so. <laughs> that's that's what I told 50. He should have done. He should have did it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he got, he listen, he died once and came back to life. So <laughs> he better go take, he better go take that man's soul. Nah, yeah. I mean, to, to speak on this series uh, as a whole, I mean, the Brooklyn Nets did look really good. I'm curious. I'm like you said earlier about the the Milwaukee series. I was glad to see the Milwaukee series go the way it did. Um, obviously, not for the sake of like, not because I preferred them or Miami to win. For me, genuinely, it didn't matter. Um, I I don't if I don't have. Yeah, I mean, Giannis. I'd like to see him win, but it is what it is. I don't care. Um, but again, just to see them win and win convincingly was nice because now. Uh, I feel more comfortable in the series uh, with them going up against the Brooklyn Nets. And again, not that I care who wins that either. I don't. Um, but it's just, you know, wanting to see better basketball, wanting to see more competitive basketball. Uh, there's a better prospect of that happening now than if, you know, this game against or the series against Miami would have went six or seven. I would have been like, I don't know what they're going to be able to do against the Nets, you know. So I was definitely happy to see that happen. Um, they're gonna give the Nets. Yeah, they're Brooklyn, gonna give the Nets the run for their money. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, Brooklyn looked really good, um, but you know, as as did Milwaukee. Milwaukee's players are actually showing up. People going as far as saying that they might have a big three themselves, which is huge. I mean, 
I just hope for their sake that these guys don't disappear again. Um, because I think with their depth and their defense, they could give Brooklyn a lot of problems. Um, you know what I mean? Like, they're, I mean, Brooklyn has, is very top heavy right now. Um, but they also are missing a lot of pieces they're going to need to kind of compete with that bench of Milwaukee. And so the Milwaukee's bench is going to be a problem when, you know, Brooklyn kind of, like I said, I mean, they just, they lack the depth to be able to compete for a seven game series I'm worried, for, you I'm worried know. about the bigs. Yeah. I mean, so it's definitely going to be a close series. I think, definitely think it's something Milwaukee can, can pull off, um, but with that being said, to speak on the the Boston situation with with Brooklyn, um, I think, and that's I think two so two things can be true, at one time, um, and I know Boston fans hate to hear it, and they're always like, well, ninety nine percent of Boston fans aren't racist. I don't honestly think that the percentage is that high. I think that there's a lot more, a lot more racist fans than you think. I don't think I'm not gonna say it's all of them. I'm yeah. not gonna say it's most of them. But there good, are a lot a, of a racist amount. Boston fans, and that's the reason why, again, like you said, a player like Torrey Hunter in the past has come out and said that he wouldn't ever want to get traded to Boston. That's just one example, but we've heard stories in the past, so you can't come out and say, no, it's only few. Like, there's plenty of fans that are racist, plenty of yeah. them, and it's probably like that in a lot of cities, but it's, or, yeah, a lot of cities, but it's it's probably a lot worse in Boston than a lot of those. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen everywhere, but it happens more often in Boston, and that's why we hear about it more often. Um, but with that being said, like I said, I think two things can be true. I also don't think that Kyrie had the best stint in, in, in Boston. I, don't know. I think he was kind of a shithead I mean, in he deserved the booze. And I'm so, not saying he didn't. Yeah, so he was kind of a shithead in Boston. He didn't have the best stint in Boston, and honestly – I think just as many fans hate Kyrie just because he was a shithead as fans do because they're just racist. Honest, honestly, I mean, a majority of them probably hate them because of his stint in Boston. Because, like I said, I mean, I, I loved Kyrie. Um, I was a big fan of Kyrie. Um, and, he, and even me as a Lakers fan, um, seeing kind of how he was in Boston. Yeah, he didn't, hand, he didn't handle like, himself the best way. Yeah, he didn't handle himself in the best way, so... Not to say that there aren't people who are just hating on him because, you know, he's African-American. He's a black guy. He's, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's he's winning in life and they hate to see it. You know what I mean? So there's probably people like that. But I think there's just as many people that hate him just because, like Marquis said, he's a fucking shithead. Um, <laughs> I don't think he is now. I, I love Kyrie in general, but in Boston, he just didn't handle himself the best I, way. I just, and so I, I can like see that. I feel like he found himself and even then, some people say that he's a weirdo and things of that nature. Like no, I, I think okay. he's just comfortable in his own skin uh, now at this point, and he's just—he's not your average Joe, but he's more spiritual. Uh, He's—he literally just wants to play basketball, and outside yeah. of that, he's truly, obviously, uh, in support of like mental health and and things of that nature. So they're human beings. At the end, at, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, they're not immortal, and. They they have feelings. So obviously he was he was some he was his stay in Boston. There was something going on. There clearly was something going on uh, off the court. Uh, he seems to obviously have it more under control. I'm not saying that he has it under control, but he has it more under control, and that's kind of why he's uh, more of himself now. Uh, and, and I think it has something to do with him being closer to home too, because he's in Brooklyn. He's from New Jersey, uh, so he, you know obviously. 
if should there be a family issue, he, he's not too far away. Yeah. But yeah. not saying people don't hate him because what he did, but there's like you mentioned, <laughs> there's a lot of sh- racist shit going on in Boston. Oh, of so, course, <laughs> there's like there's always gonna be people like that. They say you just because you're winning, and it is what it is. Like there are people that hate on everything. You know yeah. what I mean. There are people that are hit on the sun because he comes up every morning. <laughs> <laughs> but my my thing is, so then like, so then KG Glenn Davis and then some come out and obviously have comments because of Ky- what Kyrie did in terms of stepping on Lucky, which is the the, the Leprechaun logo. Um, and I think it was just poor timing. You could have commented on it after the fact, like when you know it was all said and done in terms of playoffs or the series. But, like, right now, off focus, obviously, fans do what they do because they want the attention, and giving them the attention, obviously, is kind of what is feeding them at this point. But yeah. we should be focusing on protecting the players, and them coming out with the comments in itself are almost, like, justifying what the fan did was okay. Not saying that what that's what they're saying, but, like, it's it's just like poor timing in a sense. I, I feel like them coming out and saying anything in regards to Kyrie, it, it's almost like adding fuel to the fire. Um, KG shouldn't be one to you know say something saying that it was disrespectful for him to step on the logo because dude's done so many disrespectful things. Prime example: telling Melo that his wife tastes like Honey Nut Cheerios. Uh, there's another time where uh, he he wished. Tim Duncan a happy Mother's Day while he was at the free throw line right after his mother passed away. Uh, and, dude, mind you, KG's my favorite power forward ever. So, <laughs> me coming on and say, saying this is, it is what it is. Like, the dude, the dude was a menace. And, but for him to, to tell him, to, to tell other people, like, you're being disrespectful, I think he should, I think yeah. he should sit this one out. Then in terms of Glenn Baby Davis saying that they're pretty much disrespecting uh, everyone in the South Six organization or whoever came before them, that's a little that's pushing it. It's not that serious. Uh, so, you're, he, Kyrie clearly got what he, what he wanted, and that's kind of to to hurt some feelings. Yeah, no, I mean I completely agree with you on this, and I I even said it. I mean, we had a friend that said that I I mentioned uh, the whole KG and Davies situation. He was like, well, I don't think that they're comparing the two. And I agree. I don't think KG or Davis are comparing the two and saying that, you know, they're similar situations. I just think regardless of how you feel about this, and this is KG and Davis, uh, regardless of how you feel about this, in this situation, I just don't think you can come out and speak on that right now uh, due to the fact that this is what's going on with fans. Mm-hmm. Because, it, like you said, it don't. it's not comparing it. It's not saying, well, Kyrie stuffed unlucky, so you are able to throw the water bottle at him. But coming out and saying that, I mean, me and you, we're having this conversation. Me and you understand that that's not what KG and Davis are saying. But that's not how everybody's going to take it. You know what I mean? Celtics fans hearing KG say, well, you step unlucky, you know. There's idiots out there. Yeah, you know, you're disrespecting everybody. And and Davis saying that, you know, keep it strictly basketball or somebody's going to get hurt over a logo. That in itself saying that, you know, keep it basketball, somebody's going to get hurt, like, that is enough for a fan to be like, oh, well, Davis agrees that that shit's disrespectful, so let me throw a water bottle at Kyrie. Maybe next time it's not a water bottle. Maybe something. next time it's something 
worse. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? But that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Is like, it's not whether you're comparing two scenarios or not. I get you're not saying, you know, this, that, and third. But that's not how everybody's gonna take it. Not everybody's gonna comprehend it the same way. Everybody's gonna have a different reaction. That's just the reality of life. And so to come out and say that when everything's kind of still hot and going on, it's just bad timing. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just can't say that. I mean, I mean, just the reason why I'm laughing is because what I'm thinking about what I was going to say is um, <clears throat> just, just, just follow suit with Bradley Beal. That's it. I don't know if you've seen it, yeah. but they asked, they, yeah, they, they asked them, they're like, hey, with everything going on, do you feel less protected? And he was like, "Less protecting? I wouldn't say that, but I don't want to. I don't want to use my hood terms, but these hands still work. These hands work. <laughs> so, so if, if they truly have, are they? If they're truly butthurt about the logo, walk up on my guy. And and honestly, I'm talking about straight hands. No, no weapons." Please, Kyrie ain't fighting nobody. Please, 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 <laughs> no violence in terms like no gun violence or anything like that. But if you truly want to fight the guy, you got he got KD in his corner. You know KD with the static, he'll pull up I'm, on I'm you. you. Give, give him your address. He'll pull up. Over basketball. <laughs> Kyrie don't want to fight nobody over basketball. He don't no, care it, that it's much. not that serious. But I'm saying if you truly, but if you truly want to fight the guy, I'm sure he'll beat your ass. It's, it ain't that deep, but. Uh, I mean, he's got Katie in his corner. You know, Katie's with the static. He'll pull up on you. Just give him your address. <laughs> no, nah, I I don't know. I just thought I just thought the timing of it was. Oh, horrible. the timing. The timing. Like was I poor. said, yeah. like it's just like you can't really say that. It's just gonna fuel the idiots. You know what I mean? And that's what you don't and want. There's, yeah, there's a lot more. Most, most, there's a lot more idiots out yeah. there than we think too. Hundred percent. Um, we're gonna move forward and talk about you yeah, know yeah. what recently happened yesterday. Unfortunately, it, we were on the poor side of things. Uh, so, I don't know about you, but I turned the game off at halftime, and I, I well, I didn't turn it off. Well, yeah, I did. I changed the channel, and, I, and I, I tuned into the other game that was going on, and I was happy with my decision, but we'll talk about what we're disappointed about in, uh, right now, I guess. The, the Suns yesterday blew out the Lakers. It, they were, at, at halftime, they were winning by 30, and I don't know how much they won by because I stopped paying attention, but... They took a they took a three two lead in the series versus Lakers after the blowout win in Game Five. Uh, game Six is tomorrow on June third. We're recording this on June second. Just FYI for the, those listening or watching. I honestly, I didn't expect anything less. Did I expect getting blown out by this much? No, I expected it to be you know within you know at least fifteen points. Uh, thought the game would be closer. Did I expect us to win? No, I was expecting us to lose and obviously win Game Six and Seven. Uh, because I think AD is going to come back for Game Six. But now I'm starting to question whether he is. So I'm kind of getting more worried. Uh, at this point because I don't think we win the series without him. Uh, being the being that LeBron can't do himself. Um, uh, in terms of scoring wise, because and the thing is he's. In terms of his numbers, this is the worst numbers he's had in the playoff series his entire career. And that's not saying much. Like, he's not putting up bad numbers. But to his standard, he is. Um, so, I, I think Anthony Davis is the difference maker because they don't really have anyone to kind of stop Anthony Davis. 
Dennis Schroeder is playing poor. He was, I don't know if you got, have you seen the stat I sent to the group chat yesterday? Oh yeah, I I, I watched the game. I it was fucking. And, and, awful. and he and he's and he's supposed to be he's supposed to be the 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 third option, but so Dennis Schroeder finished with zero points, one assist, zero for nine shooting, zero for four from the three, and he and he turned down eighty four million dollars from the Lakers. So. Uh, Stat Muse, shout out to you guys. You said he is the first Laker to go scoreless in a playoff game while attempting nine plus shots since the franchise moved to LA. Bro, that was like uh uh what kind of moment? I'm trying to think. Um, fuck, <laughs> I I forgot. Uh, it was an Ether moment. Stat Muse came out with this stat and it was just like, bro, like really. Like it outside of outside of LeBron Caruso and I want to say Marcus Gasol, it's this team has been playing so poor, so poor. And the reason why I I I feel like Caruso, he's not giving us the scoring that we need. But when he's not giving us the scoring, he's providing defense. Marcus Gasol, he's playing really well. Andre Drummond, I don't want to keep him next year. As I like him as a rental, but I know we're gonna have to pay big for him, and I. Don't think he's worth it, but he's not playing well this this series either. Um, it's tough. And yesterday, just watching it made me sick to my stomach because the net the the Suns just you know weren't missing. They weren't missing. They were finding every single way to make a basket, and the Lakers were finding every single way to miss a basket. They couldn't buy a fucking bucket, and it, it was it was sad. Uh, <laughs> so. It, it makes me despicable about talking about it. Uh, my, yeah. my I went to my girl's my girl's uncle's house after um, game four, the tough loss there where we were making a run, and then Dennis Schroeder missed a, a, a layup and kind of just took our you know momentum away, and we ended up losing by I think eight. And first thing he did when I walked in was he was talking shit, and he was saying. Um, was good with your Lakers, yada yada, and I was like, I truly wasn't worried. I was like, I'm not worried about it. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll come through. And I still, I still think that, but it's because you didn't watch the whole game. But I, <laughs> no, I said no. I talking about this was game. This was game four, not game five. Oh, okay. Game five, I would have been sick to my stomach. I was like, yeah, I would have been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. So after game four, I was confident. I think I was like, oh, we'll get it done. You know, I'm not worried about it. My confidence level is not as high as it was after Game Four. Oh, my confidence <laughs> level is zero. Uh, I watched. Well, I watched the whole yeah, game yesterday. I, well, I, I don't know how you did it, but Kuzma, oh, yeah, Kuzma needs to get the fuck off the <laughs> roster after this year. I can't fucking um, stand him. Yeah, no. Nah, um, yeah, no. Nah, it was horrible. Uh, <laughs> it was really hard to watch because. Um, even when it did look like the Lakers finally were able to afford a fucking basket, um, they just there was absolutely nothing they were doing to even look like they wanted to stop the Suns. Yeah. Um, the Suns were just getting buckets at ease. They were really just getting whatever they wanted. Um, and it was really hard to watch because um, out of everything, I expected our offense to struggle, which they are. Our offense, we shot 34.5% yesterday. Yeah from the field 
like 34.5%, 34.5% from the field, 34.3% from three. So awful. Um, our second best scorer, Dennis Schroeder, zero points. Um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, after just having had a bad I mean, game, he was, zero he, points. He was, he was injured coming into the game, and he, and he didn't even play the full game because – he he didn't he he didn't play that so, many, even that many minutes. Yeah, so, so, yeah. But so still, you can give him uh you know some leeway there, but I will give him leeway, but zero points. Yes. <laughs> zero points in fifteen minutes. That's just not very positive. Um, I'm looking at plus minuses here. Not a single person on our team had a positive plus minus, and actually LeBron James had the worst with a minus twenty four plus minus. Shout out to Kobe. Well, oh. Um, I, I didn't. I, that's not surprising though, because uh, no, because the but, dude's trying his. He's trying to do everything no, at that point. Nobody had a pot. Nobody. One person had a zero, and it was Alfonso McKinney who didn't play. Him One person, who no, he, oh, played. he played. He played. <laughs> yeah, barely. But the thing, that's how bad. But the thing was. is, he he, he hasn't played all season. Bro, so, but that's how bad it was. <laughs> We, we we didn't see THT and Montrezl Harrell all series. They came in. The I, game I well I I, I noticed that, but I think THT should have came in sooner. A hundred percent. I think him and Harrell should have came I, in I, I, I seen when he got fouled. He went to the free throw line. He missed his second free throw. Got the rebound and laid it up, which just shows the hustle that we could have used. Well, that's where I thought. Oh shit! He might actually give us some life because that was, I believe, right before the half that he oh, did yeah, that. Oh yeah, but they took our soul. And I, and I was like, yo, he might give us some life because he started cutting the lead into the twenties, and then right after he did that shit, the Suns hit like two back to back threes, and I was like, yeah, this is over. Yeah. And I managed to stick around for another half just to watch us fucking get our asses handed to us. Um, but yeah, it was just awful the whole game. Everybody looked terrible. Yeah. Obviously, I told you how well we shot as a team. We didn't shoot but, well. So uh, I, I think <laughs> I think Schroeder and Kuzma have something to prove. Game six, they have to come out, you know, with a hell of a game. If not, the whole fucking city of California—I mean, the, the not city of California, the state of California, city of LA—they uh, they should they're going to be you know gunning for their head as Lakers fans. Uh, well, Lakers Nation is going to be gunning for both of their both of their heads, but. Um, the Lakers have to win the next two games here uh, to avoid becoming the sixth defending champion in league history to follow up their title with the first round playoff exit the next season. Yeah, no. and I think this would be the first time LeBron lost in the in round one in his career. I could be wrong, but no, you're right. He's fourteen and zero in round one. I yeah, believe. which isn't good, but. Regardless if the Lakers move on or the law of averages say we lose, <laughs> the the regardless if they move on or they lose the series, they need to blow it up. Like if your name is not LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Alex Caruso, then you should be you know questioning if you have a job at this point. And you know Mark Margasol, I think he's. He might earn himself a role next year, but during the regular season, uh, it didn't look as as bright. But he, he since the acquisition of Drummond, he's felt some type, and he's been seemed like he's gotten rejuvenated. So, like I said, if you're not those three, I think you know they need to blow it up, go get a, themselves a star, um, a, a third option, 
like a really good option, better than Dennis Schroeder third option. Uh, but they need to do something. But I, I, I'm still confident that they can pull off the series. As long as Anthony Davis comes back. If he doesn't come back, I'll see you next year. I don't know. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm confident in the team as well. Yeah. I think that they can win the series. And honestly, if I'm being real with you, if they play like I've seen them play, because even at, uh, even when AD was gone and it was just LeBron, this team was still really good because it wasn't downhill until LeBron got injured. Um, I think they're still capable of winning even without Anthony Davis. But um, when you have multiple people, putting up zero points that you need more than zero points from. You need at least 15, uh, 20 from those two guys um, when AD's out. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, just looking like he has no idea what he's doing. Like, honestly, at this point, I was saying, I was saying, honestly, (laughs) at this point, at least, at least I'll put up a fucking jump shot. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just looks bad because as I'm watching the game, we're getting blown out. It almost just looked like like this, the Suns were, like, daring us to, to shoot threes because they, they, they were absolutely, like, you know, murdering us in the paint. We weren't scoring any baskets in, in the paint. They were daring us to sh- shoot jump shots because we weren't making yeah. them. Um, and then at a certain point, it looked like nobody wanted to even take the shots. You know what I mean? Like, it was like LeBron's passing to a guy in the corner who's got more than enough space to pull it, hesitates, and then passes it. It's like, pull the shot. If you miss, you fucking miss. But pull the shot. They, they None of them have confidence. And that's the biggest issue is every single one of them right now just seems like they're lacking any type of confidence because nothing's dropping, and now they're not shooting at all. And I even said it about Kuzma. Kuzma looked horrible. He was missing everything. And then the one shot he made was ugly as shit because he came, he drove the paint. He looked like he wanted to pass it out. Nobody was open, so he was like, fuck it, I have to take it, and then made it. And I was like, see what happens when you fucking shoot the ball? Like, you know what I mean? Shoot the ball. Well, I- I'm sure I'm sure we can go all day about this. So um, 100%. Let- let's just move on here. But... <laughs> and talking about the other game that happened yesterday that I, you know, switched the channel to and I was happy as fuck that I did because Damian Lillard is so lethal. Dude's an animal. He was playing out of this world yesterday. Even his opponent that was guarding him, Austin Rivers, said that he guarded him the best he could. You know, he put one hand in his face. He put two hands in his face. Dude wouldn't fucking miss. It was to the point where when Dame finally missed, <laughs> Austin Rivers were like this. <laughs> he was like, thank fucking God. Because, <laughs> bro, di- I don't know if you watched it, but Dame no, yeah, so. was filthy, bro. And oh, this is why he's like my in my top five favorite players in the league right now. Uh, he's so fun to watch. I would love for the Lakers to somehow find a way to bring him to L.A. It's not going to happen. But, you know, I could have some optimism. Um, but the dude, he, the Lakers could use a player like him, especially right now. Um, but uh, it was it, the Nuggets ended up pulling off the win, and they took a 3-2 series lead against the Blazers in double overtime. Uh, after Even after Damian Lillard's insane performance. But... It 
that that loss is more so on his teammates. His teammates sold. His teammates failed him. And prime example. Uh, let me find the stat really quick. Um, hold on. It it was Damian Lillard. Uh, I I think his teammates scored a total of two points after regulation. Two points. That's bad. That's and he had like 19, bro. And he hit, obviously, the two biggest threes to keep pushing the game. But the thing is, yeah, like, dude had 55 points on 24 shots. He had the most efficient uh, playoff 50-point game in history. Uh... Which exceeds Jamal Murray. I believe Jamal, I Jamal Murray's uh, performance last year in the bubble, and then against us. And I think I think it was I think it was against the Jazz. But oh, okay. but even then, like the dude was he's amazing. But in terms of his teammates, his teammates folded big time. Like the one that irks me the most. So he was driving the paint, and Melo was, you know, on the wing, wide open. I thought he was gonna pass it to Melo, and when he didn't pass him around, I'm like, oh, he must see something that I don't. And instead of going up for it, he passed it up like in between two. I think it was two defenders, or he just behind the defender that was that was on him to Robert Covington. I'm like, oh shit, Robert Covington went for a dunk and missed the dunk, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, they, they just, it's like, Damian Lillard wasn't taking a L, like, he wasn't settling for an L that, yesterday, but his teammates were like, not if we have anything to say about it, because CJ McCollum, he didn't come up, uh, he, he was, like, folding in, you know, down the stretch, he even stepped out of bounds when Dame passed it to him at the end of the double overtime, and that kind of Kill the momentum as it is, but I feel bad for Dame. Free Dame, yo. No, duh. I mean, uh, pretty sure we both said it. Um, we both, I'm, I think we both agreed when we were first recording about playoff basketball, um, our previous basketball episode. Uh, we were saying how we thought this would probably be the best series, um, and it's definitely, along with Clippers and Dallas, it's definitely shaping up to be. Um, because although Clippers and Dallas, the series is close, I think these games have been closer than we've seen. It's the first one, I believe, like, I mean, it went to double overtime. Yeah, like, but this, this, is, this, is hands, this is hands down the best series in, in round hands one. Hands down the best. Yeah, hands down the best series. I mean, their games are nuts. Um, and they're really just trading blows. I mean, they're going back and forth. That's why it's 3-2 now. It was just 2-2, but, I mean... Trailblazers could just as easily come back and win another game. I think that's exactly what happened. Seven, and I think that's exactly what's gonna. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's just the way the series is going right now. Who knows though? I mean, after scoring fifty-five, they could be tired. It might not. But but it doesn't I mean, seem like the Nuggets have an answer for uh, Dame. But also, is like the 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 Blazers don't really have an answer for Jokic either. I mean. I, uh, their last game, so game four, they actually, you know, defended Jokic pretty well. So, 
they seem like they have an idea of how to stop him. They were throwing different, you know, ideas at him in terms of doubling him, leaving him, uh, you know, obviously one-on-one on certain possessions. So I think they're a good job in terms of changing it up and obviously not giving him the same thing. So I just... Nurkic just needs to, you know, he fouled out last yesterday. One of his fouls was kind of bullshit in a sense, but it is what it is. Uh, but I, I think he plays a big factor, especially moving forward in this series, because they're going to need him down the stretch. Uh, Cantor, he played big minutes yesterday, but it, he's obviously not on Nurkic's level, so they, they need they need him for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. And I mean, while Dame went up and put it 55, it was just the Nuggets were playing better team basketball for sure. Yeah. I mean, Dame had 55, but um, it doesn't help when you have – you know, the other team has a score that has 38 and then two guys that almost cracked 30 themselves. We had uh, Monte yep. Morris with 28 and Michael Porter Jr. with 26. So, um, yeah, he had the the highest, you know, he had a 50 ball. Like, he had the highest scoring of the game, but the Nuggets were just capable of scoring as a team better, and their scoring was just more spread out. Um, so, sure. ultimately, that's really what came, what it came down to at the end is, you know, one one – one guy had just a lot more reliable team down the stretch, especially in two overtimes. It's hard for a guy like Dame to – I mean, as great as he is, it's hard to kind of go and do that for two overtimes and just completely demolish a team and pull that off by yourself. He needed some help down the stretch. That was clear, and he just didn't get it. Yeah. Um, I, I think this series goes seven games regardless of who, who comes out on I top. Uh, obviously, I picked Portland to, to win in seven, so I'm going to keep uh, – I'm going to stick with my, my prediction. I think Dame is obviously the X factor, and I said – Michael Porter Jr. is the X Factor for the Nuggets, and he's been playing well himself, so uh, uh, kudos to him. And uh, let's just move on with just we're on a time crunch here, so we can just fit what we're going to talk about the rest of the games. Uh, the Jazz, they, they're they winning the series against the Grizzlies 3-1 at the moment uh, after their Game 4 win. Game 5 is tonight, um, and I, I call the sweep. I said if they play the Grizzlies, they're going to sweep them. And obviously, I was wrong after game one. But with, when I made that prediction, I obviously was expecting uh, Donovan Mitchell to be healthy. And uh, he missed game one. And the Grizzlies sold game one. But since his return, it, they, they haven't they haven't uh, looked back at, at, at all. So I'm expecting the Jazz to win it tonight and finish the series. The Although the Grizzlies have been playing tough and they honestly look good. As a, they're playing really good team basketball, I no, I, I just think the Jazz are obviously in terms of depth are just too much, and I, that's why I think they'll finish the series tonight. Uh, so, yeah, I agree. No, I think the Jazz finished the series off. Um, I was in agreement with you when you said that would be a sweep. I also thought it would be a sweep, um, but. Uh, like you said, Donovan Mitchell didn't play game one. I won't just completely put it onto that. Oh, yeah, but, for sure. I mean, yeah, I, clearly, like, as, clearly as no, 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 but it's clear as day. I mean, they've won every game since his return. So, I mean, who's to say they wouldn't have swept with him there in game one? But at the same time, like you said, the Grizzlies are playing great team basketball. Sure. Um, they're they're doing really well. Um, they're it's just the Grizzlies are. I mean, the Jazz are just too much. Um, the Grizzlies are still just a few pieces away, and then you know that's as clear. That's as clear as ever. They're a young team. They should be happy with what they've accomplished. But I think the series ends tonight. As well, yeah, well. when I when I say Donovan Mitchell missed Game One and and 
uh, that that played a big part in why they lost. I'm not strictly putting on that. The Grizzlies, the oh, Grizzlies no, came no, out no, and played. No. Dylan Brooks balled out. You know, Jaws just a, a fucking animal. Um, fucking they got Jaron Jackson. They got a few few young bucks down there that know how to ball. So it's, it's, no, there's no you know sliding their win. But who's to say that? Wait. Well, that Donovan Mitchell could have been a difference maker, but I do think th- oh, they, they finished. I think, I think they finished the series tonight uh, and and move on. And they they play the winner of the Clippers Mavericks series, and right now it's currently tied two two uh, after the the Clippers won. It's weird because the Mavs won both games in LA, and it almost seemed like the they they were going to win the series, and then they went to Dallas, and you know. Clippers took both games in Dallas. So now they're going back to LA uh, for game five. Uh, how do you see this game panning out, obviously, and then uh, the series panning out? I know I have predicted <coughs> Clippers in six, and it's still very well possible that it, it'll happen. So I think the Clippers will win tonight. Uh, but to win four in a row and to lose four in a row is tough. Uh, the way Luka has been playing, I, the reason, so I think they're going to lose four in a row. And the reason why is because I think Luca's really hurt. Like he, after he got hurt in Game Three, we had his shoulder. He he was he was um, caught kind of you know squinting and stuff like that. Uh, and they obviously paid attention to his shoulder. But he did the same thing. And I thought it was just you know maybe that game. But he did the same thing in Game Four. Don't don't. He's still balling out even with this injury, or even if he's hurt. But the thing is, he's not getting the help that he needed, that he was getting early. Like, early he was, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. was stepping up. Uh, a bunch of all these role players were doing what they had to do to kind of help them, you know, get these wins. But, like, he can't... It almost seems like the Clippers are letting Luka do what he wants and kind of forcing his teammates to, to win them the game. And, and these past two games, it's, it's worked, honestly. And, and it could have been after Rondo, you know, was... Uh, Chewing him out in the locker room after game game two, but Rick Carlisle even said it, like they're not running plays like they they usually do because Rondo's calling out their plays like on defense he's calling out their plays so he's literally keeping their plays to you know a minimum in the series due just due to Rondo obviously playing for Dallas in the past so he knows their playbook and like that just shows the intelligence of a Rondo but also you know playoff Rondo is activated and. I think, like I mentioned before, I think the Clippers get past round one, but I don't see them getting past you know that. So uh, I I think I think Clippers wins tonight, and question is, do they win four in a row? But I I still gonna, I'm gonna stick to my prediction at this point. Um, it, I really want to pick Dallas because I think Luca's been killing it. Um, obviously, and he's playing really well, but. He can't do it by himself, and it's similar to what we're seeing, a little similar to what we're seeing in, in Portland currently with kind of Dame doing it all. It almost seems like Luca's doing it all. Uh, and we need to see more from Christos Porzingis. I mean, he's just – he's really just not really helped at all. Like, I mean, not what he – he's he's not who he should be. Um, no. You know what I mean? And I just think uh, if he's capable of maybe – elevating his game for this series i can more than i, I can definitely see uh them winning it 
I just don't think that's going to happen. And especially now, like you said, with Luka kind of not being 100%, I don't see him being able to do it long enough. Um, I think he'll still be able to – I think he's still capable of maybe pushing this to seven games. Um, ultimately, I think they lose, though. Um, and a, also a big reason for that isn't just Luka and his, you know, incapabilities, I should say, because – I mean, I know he's capable, but again, like I said, it's hard to do it by yourself. Um, but it's not just about Luke and his incapabilities, but a lot of the story that I feel like nobody is going to talk about uh, if and when I think inevitably the Clippers win is Rondo. Um, obviously, you just mentioned it, but I don't think he's going to get as much credit as he should um, after, like I said, I think they inevitably win it. Yeah. Um, because, again, like you said, he was chewing them out in the locker room. People were saying that he was arguing with the coach, like he was arguing with other players. So, like, I think that has to do with it. I think Rondo is like, look, I'm not doing this shit. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like we need to win games. Like, we're, we're supposed to be a good team. You guys talk about being the best team in L.A. You guys talk about winning championships and shit, but... They look like shit. I, the Clippers honestly I, look I, like I, shit. I truly think he, he, he said something to hurt their feelings and he said yeah. he said you guys say you're you guys say you're the best team in LA but you guys ain't shit I was on the Lakers last year and we won the chip and they and they and they uh, uh, they don't even like what you guys do now like wouldn't even slide over there and you guys and no. you, if you guys want to you know obviously one up them then you gotta step the fuck up and I think that they, they, no, they just true. were you know were butthurt about it well, regardless of what he said, I feel like something he said is working. Um, I I also saw him running point a lot more their last matchup. Uh, they played a lot better in their last matchup, probably due in part because of that. But again, like I said, I mean, after the reports of him kind of having that whole thing in the locker room with them, they come out and they actually looked like a really good basketball team. And so that's why I feel like they'll come out and end up winning this series. Yeah. Um, and I think a big part of that reason is Rondo. Will he get that credit that he deserves for it? Maybe, maybe not. I hear I am giving it to him because honestly, he he he's just different. I mean, yeah, I've always felt like he was, you know, one of the more underrated players uh, in this league, one of the more underrated point guards in this league. Even when people talk about the old Boston Celtics, it's always Ray Allen, KG, and Paul Pierce. Um, you don't hear Rondo's name mentioned enough. Yeah, I definitely was a young buck, but he's always been a very smart player, a very reliable player. He brings tenacity to the court. He brings something. He brings things to the court that um, don't always show up on the stat sheet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's why he's always been such an important piece wherever he goes. Um, so with that being said, I think they win the series, uh, obviously, in either six or seven because that's the only options at this point. <laughs> but um, I think it goes seven. But I think they win it, ultimately. And then to move on to the last two series uh, that we haven't talked about, which are in the East, uh, 76ers, they are up in the series 3-1 after their game four loss. The Wizards, you know, stepped up and, and took one. Uh, I think it was more impartial because Joel Embiid left the game due to injury. Uh, not sure if he's playing tonight. Uh That could play a big factor on, obviously, if they win or not. And the confidence for the Wizards moving it moving forward, but I'm just gonna go out and say that the 76ers finish it tonight with or without Embiid. Um, I I I just think you know 
the Wizards, outside of Bradley Beal, haven't played up to par. Westbrook, he, yeah, he's getting a triple-double, but the dude is shooting poor, like, very bad. And, like, it's kind of disappointing. Um, so I'm going to read you the stat sheet that i seen um, on social media. But, so the dude, let me find it. The the dude had a triple-double, and it kind of seemed like, oh, he had a good game, you know? But, no. The dude shot... Let me find it. Where the hell is it? Um, <laughs> okay. So, he shot 16% from the field. 3 for 19, and he had 19 points, 21 rebounds, 14 assists. That's bad. That, that was in game four when they won. So, like, you need to step up. Like, you're one of the star players on your team, and you're one of the leaders on your team. As much as I love Russell Westbrook, this just ain't it. No, I agree. I mean, I've always I've always said it. I love Russ. Um, I love the type of player he is, the type of mentality he brings to a team. Um, uh, he's He has everything I love in a player. Um, just because he plays hard. It's not mm-hmm. even about how talented he is, but he plays harder than anybody. He outworks anybody on the court. I've always loved players like that. Yeah. Um, anybody does. But I've always also said, I think, in my opinion, I think Russell Westbrook is the hardest superstar to win with. And that is the reason. Um, obviously, all these triple-doubles that he's been getting and averaging a triple-double over so many seasons and, you know, having the most triple-doubles in the history of the NBA, like, he's been mentioned a lot more frequently in these top five point guard ever conversations. And while it's hard for me to... It's hard for you to say that you, you, he shouldn't be in that conversation but just because of what he does statistically. Um, but it's so hard to ignore, like, his... And capabilities when it comes to shooting the rock, like yeah, it's so he's not, hard. He's to, not efficient. It's so hard to ignore that for me when you're talking top five, um, ever, and and like and just being on the team with. And I'm not saying that he's on the best team. Like he's not on the best team. It's the Wizards, but you know what I mean. Like the Wizards don't aren't that deep. But a big part of the reason they're not as good as they should be is also has to do with him, um, because they're also not not that bad i mean you know what i mean like maybe they're not as deep as some of these other teams but when you have a top when you have two stars and and bradley beal and russell westbrook um you should be more than capable of bringing a a series deeper than five games yeah you know what i mean regardless of who you're playing you have two superstar players one that you're trying to give you know top five point guard ever honors and you're telling me that he can't even bring a game, a series to seven, seven games in the first round. Yeah. Uh, it's just hard for me to believe that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I just don't think you can have both. Yeah. You can't be top five ever and not be able to bring this series to seven games. It's, it's hard. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, so we're, uh, we're going to shift over to our, the last series, uh, the Hawks, Nick series, uh, the Hawks lead the series three, one, uh, they upset the Knicks, in game one in MSG, obviously Knicks came back retaliated in game two. They went to they went to the A and you know 
the Hawks just seem to control the series, and now they're up 3-1. Game 5 is tonight. Uh, Trey Young's playing out of this world. Uh, Clint Capella's in his bag. He's even He even called out um, the Knicks, basically saying that they can push around whoever they want. Uh, and that says a lot because Clint doesn't really, you know, he doesn't really talk. So the fact that he does, that he's doing it now, he's clearly confident in what's going on. And Julius Randle should feel some type because the dude is MIA. Like he was, he was MIP all season. So no, no. Now he's MIA. Now he's MIA. <laughs> like the dude, we need to put an APB out for the guy because although the Knicks are still in the games. If he if he just plays slightly better, that's all they need. But they could truly use what they had in the regular season um, from him because they truly need him uh, in this series to even you know move forward. I had the Knicks winning. You had the Knicks winning. I don't see them winning the series uh, at this point unless they turn things around, which I don't see happening. I do think they'll win tonight, so I think they'll push it to Game Six at least. Uh, but question is, do they push it to Game 7 and ultimately win it? The only thing that's keep giving me hope is that the opposing team is Atlanta. And you know Atlanta loves to give up them 3-1 leads now. Uh, just something in that water in Atlanta that, you know, they just seem to choke. And this is coming, from, said... a, and this is coming from a Georgia fan uh, for college football. <laughs> They they sit on the same water, so uh, that's the only that's the only hope that I'm I'm you know truly getting with the next possibly moving on uh, to the next round and keeping my prediction alive. Even though I said I think the next in five or six, but uh, I I do think the Hawks are looking really well and. If they move forward, they play. They would play most likely the 76ers. And I don't think they beat the 76ers in a seven-game series. But with the level of playing, the way they're playing right now, I think they could give them a, a, at least a six-game series. Yeah. Um. So I believe that I chose the, the Knicks in five. I thought they – I said – I think I said I think they could sweep, but I'll give the Hawks a game. Right now, it's looking like what I said is the opposite. <laughs> However, I don't think that I was wrong in making that assessment, and I think that these games actually proved me right, in a way. Um, in a way. Obviously, they're not winning this series. But everybody's seen how close these games are with the Knicks practically not being able to make any baskets. Uh, and obviously, that's... Um, Heavily falls on the shoulders of Julius Randle as well, but a lot of the players haven't played well. Um, they're just not shooting well as a team in general. Uh, obviously, Julius Randle turning it around would help that. Um, but in general, they're not shooting good as a team. Um, and the games have been very close, like very close. You know what I mean? Like they're not out of reach by any means. Um, and so that's why for me, it's like, I still think the Knicks are the better team. They're just not showing and it, up. And I mean obviously that's a big that's a big I mean that's a big part of it. That's part of playoff basketball. Yeah. I can say that they're the better team all I want, but if they're not winning the games, it don't fucking matter. That, that's um, kinda that's kinda yeah. why I said if uh they just need Randall to play slightly better at this point and Yeah, 100%. But, but they could still use the Julius Randall from the regular season. 
A hundred percent. And 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 when I say and when you say slightly better, he doesn't even have to put up that much money, mon- that many more points. I feel I feel like even if he just played more efficiently, uh, they they'd be winning these games. So, um, but with that being said, I mean, um, I will say this: just because it's a three-one lead, so that's that for me is why I believe this series is over. However many games it goes, I don't I don't know. To me, at this point, it doesn't really matter. When I see three-one. That for me, it's like obviously we've seen it more often in the past few years. People come back from it, but for me, that's practically over. But with that being said, I will also say this: I think out of all the three-one series leads currently, the Knicks have the best shot of turning it around because one, I do like I said already, I do think that they're the better team. They're just not playing better, and two, all they have to do is steal one game in Atlanta. Because two out of the next three games that you need to win are in New yeah. York. All you need to do is steal one game in Atlanta. It's going to be a lot harder for Atlanta to win two ga- or one game in New York than it will be for you to win and one game so, in Atlanta. So you're saying the Knicks win tonight? I do think the okay. Knicks win tonight. And I think if I think if the Knicks win tonight and win... Uh, in a convincing enough way to give them some momentum going they into it, man, they, they can win there, a hundred percent. And that's why I think that I have the best shot. That's why I say it. they have the best shot of all three-one leads right now of uh, kind of yes. coming back. And I think a big part of that is due in fact that I do think they're the better team and they have home court advantage and they need to take advantage. So of that. the one thing here, obviously, I picked the Knicks, but the way everything's planning out, I think Knicks win tonight. They go back to Atlanta. And Atlanta finishes business at, at home. If Atlanta doesn't finish business at Game Six, they're losing in Game Seven in New York. I'll tell you that right now. You heard it here first. They need, they <laughs> need to finish that in Game Six. If they go to Game Seven in New York, if I see any you in Brooklyn, <laughs> if they go to seven games in New York, it's not happening. <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's. It's over for Atlanta if they go back to New York for a second time. I'll tell you that right now. All right, so we're he- we're done here. But before we go, obviously we mentioned the the Nets Bucks series, like that's the only series that's solidified for next round. But I just noticed we didn't pick a winner for that series, and I'm pretty sure it'll start before we talk about basketball again. So, how many games does the series go? Keep it short. Keep it simple. How many series? Uh, I mean, how many games does this series go, and who comes out on top? This no, one, Bucks, Bucks, Knicks. I mean, Bucks, 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 Nets. Bucks, Bucks, Bucks Nets. Bucks, Bucks, Nets. Yes. It goes seven, and I got. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> it goes seven, and I got Milwaukee. Ooh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I think it goes seven, regardless of who wins. But I got the Nets, and big part is the health of Jeff Green, and because they're gonna need him mo- moving into the next series. But uh, it obviously Giannis got his free throws too. But I think the Bucks have what it takes defensively to minimize obviously Brooklyn scoring attack. The damage done. But that that's a big scoring attack to kind of <laughs> minimize. Yeah. No, 100%. And that's why I think a lot of this is going to lie lie on the shoulders of not Giannis, but everybody mm-hmm. else. Uh, because we've seen it in the past, and that's the reason why nobody even believed in the in the 
and the Bucks even last playoff series against the Heat. I mean, obviously they took care of business. Four zero was easy, but going into this, everybody, you know, most people were again like Bucks are probably gonna blow yeah. it because that's what happens. They get there and uh, Giannis shows up, or or sort of because it's it's almost kind of impossible for him to because his team is playing so yeah. badly. It's like all we have to do is guard Giannis. Um, but with everybody showing up. If they continue to do so, I think they can win. I'm interested to see the defensive matchups because we know Giannis is guarding KD, and that matchup in itself, they they got similar. I'm not gonna say similar body types because obviously, <laughs> the KD is more <laughs> slim in frame, but in terms of height, like that's like a perfect matchup. Uh, yeah. But I'm interested to see where Drew who Drew Holiday guards. Does he guard Kyrie, or does he guard Harden? If I'm if I'm uh, Milwaukee, I put his ass on Harden. Uh, and I put Middleton on Kyrie, even though I don't think that's going to do much. But I think putting a bigger body on Kyrie might benefit them in a way. Uh, and Brooke, I think I'm more comfortable. I'll say this: I think I might be more comfortable uh, letting Kyrie try to beat me than I am letting Harden. Well, Harden's their technical, technically their point guard now. So, so, no, so, yeah, so he's going to facilitate, which is why I think Drew Holiday needs to guard Harden because I think he needs to be more on-ball defense, and and Harden's going to have more influence on the game. So throw him at him. Uh, I, I think this is going to be an interesting matchup. But but yeah, I, I, serious, I just I think, think the Nets are too top-heavy, and I think in in the end that's going to play a factor. But I think this this might drain the Nets – uh, for a possible, so let's say they move on and they play, let's say Philly, they might drain them. Like they might, they might be tired after the series because it's gonna, it's gonna take yeah. everything in their might to to move forward. Because uh, I agree, and I think, and I think, look, I think if people want to have all this big three talk, I think Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday uh, need to prove it. Because my opinion, when people started saying that Milwaukee had a big three, I'm like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? <laughs> Because you could you could easily you could easily play good basketball, and maybe right now you look like a big three because you're playing good good basketball. But in my opinion, to have a real big three, it has to be three consistently good players that are always at that level. So, Drew Holiday and Middleton better show up if they want to be considered that big three. Because if so, that's not fucking happening. They're not a big three. So show up. Or you're not a big three. <laughs> all right, close this up. All right, with that being said, uh, that's all we have for you today. Uh, we enjoyed talking some playoff basketball as always, even though the Lakers are bumming it. Um, <laughs> with that being said, uh, like, follow, and subscribe as always. Leave some comments for us. Um, you know, we love uh, interacting with you guys, seeing what you guys think about everything. Uh, playoff basketball. We just had, you know, uh, episode about Champions League soccer, which we know that soccer is some of our uh, more popular episodes. People love watching about soccer as well. Um, so you know, just keep leaving, you know, comments, interacting with us, like, follow, share it with your friends. Um, if you're a fan, if you're like into watching us, share it with your friends uh, that love sports, and you know, uh, show them why you know they should be watching us as well. Um, uh, help us grow um, as a Balls Deep community. Um, 
We appreciate it as always. Show some love to our boys over at the Expansion Pack Podcast. If you are into gaming, if you got friends who are into gaming, they talk about everything, um, almost anything in entertainment, really. It's a gaming podcast, but they talk about a lot of different things. Um, so if you're into gaming and things of that nature, they're hilarious. Um, and they, you know, they have a lot of cool things that they do on that show as well. So show them some love. Uh, that's all I have for you guys. Devin, if you have anything to add. I mean, our guys at Expansion Pack Podcast, they got some big personalities over there. So, Dude, they're they're funny as hell, so you guys yeah. definitely should go. They got some out. big personalities over there. Uh, they also got some interesting things going on with the podcast with, you know, you know their uh, icebreakers every week, which is I find really dope. So, uh, I do. I love it. It, it, it helps you get to know them personally, but it also uh, allows you to, you know, interact and give your opinion. So I, I think it's yes. a great idea. So they got some good things uh, brewing over there. So go show love. Go tune in. And uh, help us get some stuff brewing over here. Uh, I'm I'm in the process. I'm just saying this now. I'm in the process of trying to get a, a logo, another logo for us. So we can uh, get some merch out there. Some, you know, help get our name out there. Uh and hopefully we can you know send it off to Nico so he can wear it to his fights and stuff so that would be dope <laughs> um, but, um, that's all I have to say so uh, until next time peace doses you're talking about balls deep I'm talking about balls deep we're talking about balls deep in love I'm talking about balls deep my boy's talking about balls deep we're talking about balls deep in love.